0: This is the More Than Right Podcast, an independent view of politics and American culture. I'm your host, Steve Lopez. GOP Representative Liz Cheney symbolizes everything wrong with today's Republican Party. She's one of those Republicans upon whom the dominant progressive culture and media bestows strange new respect. The conservative journal The American Spectator defines such Republicans as quote, a once reliable conservative who won liberal praise by adopting liberal policies. Of a sudden, an erstwhile Neanderthal would be treated in The Washington Post as someone who was no longer simplistic and shrill but, rather, a figure who had grown and shown himself to be nuanced. In today's post, we see the dynamic is still in play, except the party in question is said to be maturing, unquote. Liz Cheney, like fellow January 6th committee member Representative Adam Kinzinger and Utah Senator Mitt Romney, both of whom were happy participants in President Donald Trump's impeachments, gain that strange new respect from Democrats and the media alike. Cheney, like the aforementioned Democrats and media, suffers from Trump derangement syndrome. Because, like the aforementioned Democrats and media, Cheney feels her power slipping away. Trump's populist mega movement threatens to turn the normally passive GOP into a viable opposition party. Bipartisanship A term that denotes Washington Republicans' naivete and tendency to get played is not a word associated with the MAGA movement. And MAGA is changing the GOP. Back in November of 2021, Wyoming's Republican Central Committee distanced itself from Liz Cheney by officially declaring she was not a Republican. And on Tuesday, Wyoming's Republican voters seconded that motion by voting for Cheney's Trump-endorsed primary challenger, Harriet Hagman, The Trump effect is destabilizing America's corrupt two-party status quo. That is why President Joe Biden declared, quote, "...the MAGA movement crowd the most extreme political organization that's existed in recent American history," unquote. But as Senator Barry Goldwater said on accepting the Republican Party's nomination for president in 1964, quote, extremism in the defense of liberty is no vice, and let me remind you that moderation in the pursuit of justice is no virtue, unquote. The FBI's raid on President Trump's Florida home is proof the Democrat deep state is close to declaring Trump and the so-called insurrectionists who comprise the MAGA movement as being an open rebellion against the state. According to Article 1, Section 9, Clause 2 of the U.S. Constitution, The privilege of the writ of habeas corpus shall not be suspended unless, in cases of rebellion or invasion, the public safety may require it. The writ of habeas corpus requires a government official to produce a jailed prisoner before a court to lay out the state's evidence against him. Many of the January 6th defendants have yet to receive habeas corpus hearings, a basic violation of an ancient right, that is, unless the writ of habeas corpus has been suspended. In fact, Attorney General Merrick Garland's Justice Department has not charged any J-6 defendant with committing treason or performing acts of insurrection. Nearly all have been charged with misdemeanor, trespass, vandalism, or disorderly conduct. So why are so many of them still languishing in prison cells nearly two years after the Capitol Hill riot? Are their unjust incarcerations a trial run? After all, they've received little attention from the mainstream or conservative media. Only a small cadre of supporters protest these open-ended imprisonments outside the D.C. Department of Corrections, where these men and women rot Among the protesters is Mickey Whithoff, mother of Ashley Babbitt, the unarmed U.S. Air Force veteran who was shot in the throat and killed by Capitol Hill police that day in January. Democrats and their stenographers in the media keep warning us about the rise of violent right-wing extremism. And America's Gestapo, the FBI, tells the nation's lawmakers that it's the greatest terrorist threat facing the nation. But recently, GOP Representative Jim Jordan discovered evidence the FBI is helping the administration and media to propagate this false narrative. In a letter to FBI Director Christopher Wray, Representative Jordan informs him of interesting information provided to him by FBI whistleblowers. Quote, we have learned that FBI officials are pressuring agents to reclassify cases as domestic violent extremism even if the cases do not meet the criteria for such a classification. Agents are encouraged and incentivized to reclassify cases as DVE cases, even though there is minimal circumstantial evidence to support the reclassification. New whistleblower disclosures made by multiple FBI employees from different field offices indicate that the Biden administration narrative may be misleading." Clearly, the Biden administration and its Gestapo are gearing up for something big. This explains their need to manufacture a right-wing crisis where there is none. As when Democrats and the media try to convince us that the January 6th riot is the worst attack on the nation's capital since the Civil War and 9-11 put together. A so-called crisis where the crimes charged are no more than misdemeanors while they treat the accused like jihadist prisoners at Guantanamo Bay. Getting back to the just-defeated Liz Cheney, her presence on the J-6 committee is emblematic of the hate and fear afflicting many GOP lawmakers. The fear is that the compassionate conservative and moderate wings of the party are no longer relevant in the current crisis. After all, their existence has not prevented the disasters now afflicting the nation. Liz Cheney highlights the fact that many Republicans have aided Democrats in advancing their authoritarian agenda. Cheney's father, former Vice President Dick Cheney, served under GOP President George W. Bush, the man who signed the Authoritarian Patriot Act of 2001 into law, a measure that allows the deep state to collect the digital communications of all Americans. The kind of domestic spying that culminated in the FBI's targeting of Trump's presidential campaign in 2016 and the FBI raid on his home more recently. And speaking of the raid, the Department of Homeland Security issued a memo claiming the FBI's invasion on Mar-a-Lago has inspired, quote, violent threats posted on social media against federal officials and facilities, including a threat to place a so-called dirty bomb in front of FBI headquarters, and issuing general calls for civil war and armed rebellion, I suspect the deep state is making a case for the suspension of American civil liberties, like the writ of habeas corpus, in response to legitimate political opposition that it's prepared to redefine as armed rebellion. Armed rebellion is certainly brewing, but it's starting at the top echelons of our government and punching down, at us. The MAGA populist right, on the other hand, is fighting back at the ballot box, and Liz Cheney's defeat is the first in a long campaign, one where Donald Trump and MAGA march to Washington. was 1978 and a newly released film wasn't of a genre associated with the Warner brothers brand the film was superman the movie starring christopher reeve as the man of steel that year marked the first time a major studio risked its capital translating a comic book superhero into a major live action studio release i still remember seeing the movie in san francisco with a friend at a pivotal point in the film Reporter Lois Lane asks Superman why he's on Earth. Without a hint of self-consciousness, the superhero replies, to uphold truth, justice, and the American way. I still remember being surprised when mostly left-leaning Bay Area moviegoers erupted into full-throated cheers. This was the halfway point in Jimmy Carter's presidency, a time of high inflation, high interest rates, and high gas prices brought on by the Arab oil embargo. It was a time when President Carter told Americans they needed to lower their expectations for America's future, that our national decline was irreversible. A year later, radical Islamists seized the government of Iran and with it the U.S. Embassy for 444 days. In 1980, a man came to prominence who... Like Superman, wasn't a bit self conscious when talking about upholding truth, justice, and the American way. That man was Ronald Wilson Reagan. It seemed the Superman film released two years earlier presaged a bright new morning in America, the age of Reagan. Halfway into the presidency of Joe Biden, America is besieged by high inflation, high gas prices, And waning military strength. Biden works tirelessly to reinvigorate a nuclear deal with Iran that nearly assures the rogue nation will develop nuclear weapons. He and members of his administration also say our economic woes are part of an intentional American transition from a prosperous first world economy into a hand to mouth ecologically based regulatory system free of fossil fuels and red meat one where existence depends on fickle wind and solar power, and where insects replace beef as a food staple, a system that produces extreme wealth for a very few, and a sea of poor, a future without a middle class. Understandably, polls indicate Americans aren't all that keen to enter this progressive, brave new world. And so, Biden and his fellow Democrats are in a panic that their days in power may be numbered. So, you ask, what Hollywood movie like Warner Brothers' Superman of 1978 signals a political sea change about to occur in American politics? Well, it's not the making or release of a comic book-based movie, but the cancellation of a slew of woke offerings that signal a return to normalcy. And once again... It's Warner Brothers you can thank, specifically Warner CEO David Zaslov. Following the merger of Warner Brothers and Discovery, Zaslov canceled the CNN streaming service a month after it launched. Zaslov told financial channel CNBC, quote, It was a business decision. The subscribers weren't there. Unquote. He also understands Americans. This is why Zaslav ordered a stop to the release of what movie insiders describe as an uber-woke superhero film. The film is, or was, Batgirl. According to Tom Leonard of the Daily Mail, quote, "...condemned as irredeemable by studio executives at Warner Brothers, it seems that not even a lengthy spell in the editing room could rescue it. Nor was it good enough to send straight-to-video as used to be said, of films too bad for the cinema. Despite being completely finished and reportedly having cost $90 million, Batgirl will never be released in any format, not even on one of the Internet streaming services that often seem willing to broadcast any old tat, unquote. The coup de gras for Batgirl was the reaction of test audiences. The film was viewed so negatively Warners felt its release would severely damage the studio's brand. It likely didn't help that in the story, Commissioner Gordon's daughter had a transgender roommate, played by an actual transgender. As Leonard observes in his article, Batgirl was only the latest in a long and disastrous line of Hollywood films that have prioritized politically correct values over entertainment. As Robin might say, holy woke Batman, The late conservative gadfly Andrew Breitbart famously said that politics is downstream of the culture. So what happens when the audience rejects the mechanisms for the transmission of culture like heavily slanted cable news networks and the social and political propaganda posing as escapist theater entertainment? You'll find the answer to that question encompassed in the phrase, go woke, go broke. Zaslav is a capitalist in search of capital. Clearly he understands that the entertainment business is the last bastion of pure American capitalism, even as its creative types continue to produce virtue-signaling tripe that lectures us on our shortfalls for not accepting the fringe and peculiar lifestyle choices of extremely small minorities. Paramount's decidedly unwoke and stirring patriotic top-gun maverick has grossed more than a billion dollars in worldwide ticket sales, proving to be one of Hollywood's top box office winners. There's little doubt Americans have had enough of the woke lectures. Capitalism, you see, is not only a mechanism for profit, but a barometer warning of looming storms. No one voluntarily pays to enter a re-education camp despite the plush reclining seats, tasty popcorn, and bubbly soft drinks, or smiles as prices rise and wages fall. Americans cast their votes at the box office and at the ballot box, and history seems to show that box office trends usually precede those in politics. Thanks to the current public mood, it looks like the polluted flow of progressive culture and politics is certain to get a major draining upstream. That concludes this edition of the More Than Right Podcast. Should you wish to leave a comment, you can reach us at morethanrightpodcast at gmail.com. And if you enjoyed the podcast, please give it a five-star review on Apple iTunes. It will help promote the podcast and be much appreciated. Until next time, this is Steve Lopez.